0: Good morning. This is 1 in 36, a presentation from Anderson Center for Autism, celebrating their centennial in 2024. 1 in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder.
1: Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And with me today is Maggie Riley, who is, uh, you are with Top Soccer. Are you the founder, the president, the the whole shebang? Um, I'm the director
2: of the program through East Fish Soccer Club.
1: Okay, great. So thank you so much for being on the show, Maggie. We really appreciate it. And we're looking forward to talking about Top Soccer. But let's start um, with a little bit of background on you you um, and sort of how you tell as much of the story as you want to go as far back as you'd like and and bring us to where you are today as director of this program.
2: Sure. So I am 23. I began running the program when I was 22. So we're about five seasons in and my mom used to run it when I was in high school and she works as a speech path. So she -hmm. had a really good opening for players with the need. Um, yeah. and I would always volunteer obviously cause she was my mom, but also mm-hmm. I have a cousin, uh, on the autism spectrum. So we are very, um, aware of all of their needs that they have as well as mm-hmm. the lack of socialization opportunities that they tend to have. So when my mom started running this, uh, I would volunteer and my cousin would come and then it kind of opened up and she had about eight kids in her program mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. And then uh, when I got older and I had to decide what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, I had no idea. And um, I kind of picked around with teaching and then special ed teaching. And then I got a job at an ABA clinic and I love it. And I love the kids. And um, I realized that there is, again, a lack of opportunity for them to mm-hmm. get out and socialize and have fun activities to do and look forward to on a weekend. Um, and so I reached out to East Fishnall Soccer Club again and I was like, hey, we'd love to restart what my mom uh, used to do. And it took a little while to get that ball, not to get the ball rolling, but to get it all set up and aligned. And here we are. And we started in fall of 2022. Mm-hmm. I had about eight players registered and I probably had about four to five show up each week, which Mm -hmm. felt amazing to me at the time. And then in the winter, I had about 10 registered. And then in the spring, I posted it on Facebook and it took off and I had about 50 kids registered. So that jump was crazy, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm at about 40 and about mm-hmm. 20 show up every week. So
1: it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. I, I'm you. sure your mom, you know, loves that you continued on with, with uh, what she started. Um, and tell us a little bit, I have a million questions, but let's start with yeah. this one. What is the connection? Um, and how does it work between the East official soccer club and Um, top soccer like are you renting space or is there more of a collaboration between them and is this all indoor or is there a mixture of indoor and outdoor
2: so it's a mixture of indoor and outdoor in the fall Mm -hmm. and the spring we have outdoor space at the east Fishkill soccer club on route 52 Mm -hmm. and then uh, they find us space for the indoors so we're directly correlated underneath them it's just a program under east Fishkill. Okay. but top soccer stands for the outreach program of soccer is a nationally known um organization so i just happen to run it through east fishkill okay. and um so we get funding through east fishkill soccer club and all of that and i just uh organize the sessions getting the kiddos getting volunteers for the kiddos cuz each one has a one to one coach I say Coach Lucy. it's a volunteer. Um, yeah, that can be we look for about 14 and up. But you know, you never know. I have some kids that are 12 who are very mature and are really amazing with uh, the kiddos. So each player gets a one to one volunteer. So it could be a kid that plays soccer, somebody whose mom coaches soccer, and they just wanted to come over and try it out. And um, yeah, so each week I have to find one to each player. But I get most of them through East Fishkill Soccer Club.
1: So. Yeah, I was going to say, what a cool thing to do. Um, and I love that you're seeing an outpouring of interest in that. What are the, What's the age range for this program?
2: Uh, two to 18. So two we're pretty wide. That's yeah.
1: fantastic. I love it. Is there kind of a sweet spot that you've experienced where there's the majority of the kids are within a certain age range or they tend to be more successful? at a, You know, if they start at a certain age or is it really change every season? I
2: Definitely have a lot of eight-year-olds right now. I don't (laughs) know what it is. I have so many eight-year-olds, but I also have a pretty good amount of like 12-year-olds. So I have the littler guys that come to say we play soccer is a stretch. Yeah, they definitely get out there and they socialize with kiddos their own age and gives them the opportunity just to run around and for parents to sit on the side, knowing that they're okay. (laughs) They're good to just run around. So that is less soccer and more social and relaxation for mom and dad but they also have so much fun they i swear i have kids that run two miles in an hour i'm like where where do you get the energy
1: yes soccer does do that i know my son's a soccer player and i do sometimes i just i can't believe how much they run but um yeah. but it is uh that's wonderful and is there you said you get funding from the soccer club and i wonder if are, are you is are you um or is the top top soccer is it a non-profit do you do you charge for participation or is this funded by donations? How, how does the, how does that all work?
2: Uh, so top soccer for players to register is completely free. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously it's volunteer based. So I have to just hope and really sell it to my volunteers. Cause it could also be kind of scary to say, Hey, do you want to come to special needs soccer and help out? Especially mm-hmm. for people that don't really know. Um, but I just got a grant through the County so I just got some money for that. So that's where we're getting some of the money. But East Fishkill Soccer Club... um each the cost, I guess you could say, for registration fees. So each mm-hmm. player gets insured, but East Fishfield kind of takes on that cost as opposed to the players themselves.
1: That's great. You know, I, Anderson is also in Dutchess County, um, as are you. And and um, I, I found, I mean, ever since I think the Think Differently um, initiative came out years ago with um, Mark Molinero Mul- when he was county executive back back then, um, I've really seen so many programs take off that I think otherwise might not be as successful. Because the county and, and our general area in the Hudson Valley, I think is is extraordinarily welcoming and appreciative and, and acknowledging of everyone in our community, including people with special needs, whether it's autism, which which we do a lot of, uh, obviously the main, you know, that's where our work is, but but really any type of intellectual or developmental disability, um, I think that this is really every day. There's another reason why I'm reminded why this is a great place to, um, to raise a child um, who has any type of special need, because first of all, there's a lot going on that is inclusive of everybody. Um, I was just doing an interview um, with, uh, with folks from Special Olympics, New York, and we're having a very similar conversation about the importance of team experience, recreation experience, you just nailed it. Um, Just exercise in general and physical exhaustion, like that does a lot for, for, you know, children, especially, but, but everyone really the, the respite and relaxation that a family can experience when they know that their kid is doing something and it's okay if they're you know just rolling the ball around it's okay if they're just running around having a good time there is no expectation that they're going to be the next you know national soccer star it's really all about recreation and fun so i think that i just think that it's a great fit and i'm pleased to hear that the county was supportive um, yes, yes. Of of that program, and also again that the soccer club makes it accessible for everybody. Um, it's a shame, I think, when when, organiza- when when there's opportunity, but but some people are still not able to participate because of things like cost. Um,
2: Absolutely, yeah, and as well as location. Great. Because we welcome anybody. I had pairs in the spring driving an hour to come for an hour of soccer, which was crazy to me. I was like, why would you want to come to like? East well, East if it West? doesn't but exist, if gonna, it doesn't exist. You yeah.
1: Well, and one of the things that I think, you know, one of the, the amazing strengths and, and signs of resilience of so many families who are raising a child with special needs is that that you, you know, they, I hear time and again that you just get to the point where you will drive. You would drive six hours sometimes for one hour of, of a positive experience. And that is heartbreaking because it tells you just how many bad experiences that there have been, but also, um, uh, you know, it's a model for, for what other people hopefully can be doing with their passions, their experiences, their family backgrounds um to make an impact because if we could just even get it to be, you know, a closer opportunity for everybody, then um then that's a win-win. Um tell me about siblings. Do do you see siblings of your soccer players volunteering or do they have the opportunity to play alongside their siblings and kind of have a, a fun experience that way?
2: Yeah. So I have a lot of volunteers that are siblings actually. And I um so if above 18, I do have a background check requirement. So mm-hmm. I do have some players with older siblings that fill it out. So they are able to come on the fields and play around with us. But uh speaking just from my family, I have my cousin who is 11, has two younger siblings who are eight and 10. So they love to get out there and not only help out with their brother, but like they find the younger little ones to be more fun, which is fair. Uh, they spend a lot of time with their brother. So I would mm-hmm. want to get out there and they just love to help. And I have a Plenty of other siblings that tend to get very shy, mm-hmm. um, which is fair because there's a lot going on, um, mm-hmm. but they are welcome to get out there and help out with their sibling and play around. Uh, I have players that just hang out on the side with their family and their their volunteer just goes over and hangs out with the family, too, and sees if we can slowly integrate them onto the field, which is always so heartwarming to see when the first session we have complete refusal we don't want to get out there which is totally fine play on the side sit with mom sit with dad sit with your siblings and I'm just like you guys just hang out have fun and then by the end I have players that are playing in the full scrimmage at the end having a blast like they never even would have looked at mom and dad the whole time so it's a big mix but yes siblings are definitely welcome out there.
1: Well, the ability to come and go and, and have that safe feeling is, I, I think it's it's tremendous for so many people. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to ask you um, for some more logistics in terms of how people can get more information and, and uh, continue our conversation. This is uh, Maggie Riley from Top Soccer in East uh, Fishkill, New York. And this is one in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back.
0: Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything. But they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food. Flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. You saved my life. You held my hand when I was scared. You helped me say goodbye to my dad. You were an example for me. You gave me strength when I thought I had none left. I couldn't tell you then, but I want to say thank you, all of you, for everything. Thank you to the physicians, nurses, and others working in America's hospitals and health systems. A message from the American Hospital Association, American Medical Association, and American Nurses Association.
2: If I could be you, and you could be me, for just one hour,
0: if you could find a way,
2: to get inside, each other's mind,
0: walk a mile in my shoes, walk a mile in my shoes, walk a mile mile in my my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out, and for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org brought to you by the Ad Council.
1: It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The Parkinson's Foundation knows that the disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them.
0: If you or someone you know is living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement, we understand that it can be difficult to know where to find help.
1: If you have questions, the Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the
0: fight. We can help you understand the disease. Help you find expert care and local support.
1: Give you tips for living a better life. And share the latest
0: research. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org. Or call 1-800-473-4636. That's 1-800-473-4636.
1: The Parkinson's Foundation. Better Lives. Together. Somewhere there's a river rushing through the woods while someone rushes through their day. There's a mountain looking up at the sky while someone looks down at their phone. A trail waiting to be walked while someone waits for a latte. This world is full of somewheres waiting for someone just like you. So go see yours at 154 National Forests and 20 Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See you're somewhere.
0: And now one in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson center for autism.
1: Welcome back to one in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozinski. And I'm talking today with Maggie Riley, who is um, the director of the top soccer program at the East fish soccer club. And that's in, uh, in New York. And, uh, Maggie, before we jump in, because I had a comment based on the last thing you were saying, um, where do people go for more information about your program, how to register, how to get involved, how to just find out more?
2: Yeah, so East Fishkill Soccer Club's website is efsc.net. And if you go under their programs tab, you will see TOPS as a choice. You can go under there for volunteer information as well as registration information. Or you can reach right out to my email. I'm happy to help and send links over because it can get a little confusing. Um, that is TOPSdirector at EFSC.net.
1: EFSC.net. All right. So I'm going to repeat that. So it's efsc. Because that would make sense. East Fish School Soccer Club. All right. <laughs> EFSC.net uh, for more information. Look for TOPS, which is a choice on the uh, menu, um, or reach out to Maggie directly at Director at EFSC.net. Um, yes. I'll repeat that again at the end of the show. And then when we post it, we'll put that information in so people can get more info as well. Amazing. Um, so, what you were describing at the end of the, the first half there, um, in terms of what goes on in a, in a typical uh, session, hour long session, is you've got sort of kids participating in the drill sort of coming and going if they need a little break they go sit with their families siblings can involve uh, themselves in whatever capacity obviously over 18 there's a background check which is a little bit more formal but for the younger kids not as necessary um and then you've got your one-to- ones that's an important one I think for a lot of families the idea that every student every every participant has a one has one person who's working with them and sat kind of near them and, and maybe working side by side on those drills and the scrimmages. Um, yeah. That does make for a lot of people on the field, but you
2: know, <laughs> it can get crowded. But, just,
1: but I think it sounds like it's a safety component, but also um, one thing at Anderson that I've learned, having been there for so long, is that uh, and and you obviously take this, I'm sure, from your ABA background, is you want to strike that balance of not having so many prompts that the the students or the the players become prompt dependent, meaning they won't do anything unless they're kind of told what to do, but you also need to strike that perfect balance where you're setting them up for success that feels very natural and meaning, meaningful and organic so that it's not like yes. placating. like So it's not too hard, not too easy. And I yes. think one-to-ones probably, is that a primary role that they play and sort of, you know, yes. when to, when to encourage somebody to, to kind of take the initiative and when to really show more support. Is that is that a constant thing that the one-to-ones are doing?
2: Yes. So when one-to-ones get there, I always do my best to say you absolutely do not have to be on top of them like white on rice. Like yeah. we're very open. There's plenty of people. We're not going to lose anybody. Um, but also just engage with them. They just want to be talked to. They mm-hmm. just want to be hung out with. And I always try and pair. If I have a new one to one, I always say bring a friend, have multiple people that you already know on the field. Cause it's more fun that way too. You can put your players together. Sometimes it'll be a two to one. And I have two volunteers to one player. And then it can be a whole conversation, especially for my older guys. They just want to be chatted with not yeah. even just playing soccer, but they just want to chat about like typical stuff. I, I don't like the word typical, but you know what yeah. I mean? Like what's going on at school how's this going have you ever played soccer before all that kind of stuff so i always do my best to pre-warn my volunteers like just get out there and have fun you know mm-hmm. and sometimes it can get a little hectic when I have like four high school boys on like one like 12 year old player but they always everyone always has a smile and that's what I tend to look for while I'm running around with a chicken with my head
1: cut off because is yeah, yeah.
2: Of everyone having fun? Is everyone happy? Are we doing what we need to do? Um, yeah. So absolutely.
1: Yeah, That no, I mean it sounds great it reminds me that the, the phrase that came to mind um, which has come to mind frequently uh, recently on this podcast is a community center um, I talked to somebody who was running library programs. And it just made me think of when I was growing up, that's what we did at the community center. It was just, it goes beyond the specific thing that happens at a, a, you know, on a regular basis on a soccer field, which is a soccer game or a soccer practice. You're creating an opportunity for that plus the community vibe, the fact that parents are more than likely meeting other parents sitting on the sidelines or watching the scrimmages at the end of the game, which for a lot of families that's very difficult. You're, you're offering an, op- a, an alternative to sort of isolation being at home or another theme that I hear from families a lot, which is I have to do it if I want my child to participate. I have to suddenly learn how to be a soccer coach. Um, you're offering that, that as an alternative, which also has the social component. And the reason I honestly asked about siblings is because we have a number of siblings at Anderson who, who, Very bravely and honestly expressed on occasion just how challenging it can be to sort of have friends and have a social life and have a sibling um, on the autism spectrum and sort of manage all of that as a really young person. So here you are again, offering that community center. I love that you encourage people to bring their friends because instead of making it this super strict, you know, you have to be here and it's a job. No, it's an experience. And, and if it's going to be easier and maybe enhance the program to bring a friend with you, then go ahead and do it. So I, I love that. Um, I would love to also, we we're almost out of time, but I just had a question about, um, like, as you've embarked on this, and you said that you have a job that you love in an ABA clinic, which for those of you who may not know, ABA is Applied Behavior Analysis. It's really the gold standard for um, really sort of instructional um, and, and skill development work with uh, with people with autism and other neurodivergencies. Um, do the two enhance each other for you? Do you pull things from your experience on the soccer field into your work and sort of vice versa?
2: Yes. I think that between the background of growing up with my cousin, who um, has autism, Mm -hmm. as well as spending 40 hours a week, um, it can be a lot, definitely, because Friday nights right now we're going, I go straight from work over to soccer to go play. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that brings the fun back into it too sometimes. I don't know if that, it, I always yeah. have fun at work, but also like being able to go and just run around and kind of be like the super, super fun one. Like, yeah. I don't always have a buddy <laughs> also. So I get to get out there and just kind of run up to kiddos and be like, hey, i saw sorry last week. How are you doing? And like seeing parents, but I definitely think that having the background has been very helpful. In sessions. Um, yeah. Cause we do have kiddos like that have, we have upticks sometimes. We have some escalation and it can mm-hmm. be easy to bring them down and get them moving through. Yeah. In a, like in, in a quicker pace. Cause you know, buddies, they like sometimes a kid yells and it's like, whoa, like the yeah. volunteer. So it's good to run over, get us moving and back to soccer or back to whatever we're doing.
1: Yeah. Because you're recognizing that there's a, an underlying reason why that's happening, as opposed yes. to this is just disruptive or it's scaring me. It's a communication yes. of some kind, Absolutely, which is yeah. probably a big part of your training at the clinic. And then I think um, I, I totally agree with you. I think it, you're you're also this pro you and this program and, and all the volunteers that you have uh, with you. Are doing something also on a on a much larger scale than maybe you even realize but but there's a there's really a national movement happening right now that is is i i see it because I get to talk to a lot of the people who are involved in it Anderson's consulting and team is involved in a lot of it, but there's a lot of you know additional people. And programs doing this where there's um, there's a focus on uh, not not just accessibility, but sort of beyond that of of sustainability, being able to start something and stay in it instead of up. Oh, I'm yeah. overloaded sensory overload. Now some, my parent or my caregiver has to I have to leave. I have to leave the whole experience so yeah. that everybody else can continue with their experience. And you, you're from what you're describing, you're part of that because you're creating an environment where somebody can start to vocalize loudly, or maybe is having an escalation in behaviors. And there are ways... To be able to help that person address them and sort of self-soothe or do some relaxation techniques and all of a sudden they're right back in it. They never even had to leave the field or maybe if they had to leave the field, it just is like anybody who needs to take a break for water for rest to catch their breath. Well, this athlete, you know, needed to take a break just to sort of decrease some sensitivity overload and then get right back into it. And I think there's been so much progress in that area, um, but every new thing helps. And and especially when it comes to recreation and athletics and socialization, because I think those are the things that have been significantly marginalized for people with special needs and with autism over the years, because the focus has been on instruction and skill development and communication, all important, but not at the risk of not also focusing on these quality of life aspects that are so important. So um, we're pretty much out of time, Maggie. Is there anything new that you want to say that's coming up or things that you want to make sure you're the listeners here before we end yeah
2: um we are almost done with our winter season we'll be over in march uh your registration is always open so please feel free to reach out we are happy to throw you into our winter sessions which is on friday nights which is tough but our outdoor sessions are always on saturdays the time varies they'll be the same each season but be a season the time will be different so i don't know what time it'll be at the in the spring coming up but i will let everyone know as soon as i do
1: all right as a reminder for more information you can visit efsc.net um and look for tops uh top soccer as one of the choices um or you can email maggie directly at tops director at EFSC.net. Maggie, thank you so much for telling us about Top Soccer and your program and your background. And I think it's great. And I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is one in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, And remember, Anderson cares.
0: You've been listening to one in 36, a weekly presentation from Anderson Center for Autism, celebrating their centennial in 2024. Join them for another edition of the show next weekend.